What's more Austin than seeing live music? Randy Cohen came to Austin in the 80s and knew even then, during his time at UT, that buying and selling tickets was going to be a big deal. And he had an idea that the industry was going to need new ways to sell in the future. From his humble starts selling tickets outside a basketball game, to now running one of the largest ticket reselling sites, Randy has developed a way for fans to buy and sell over $150 million worth of entertainment each year on TicketCity.com. Live music, sports, and festivals can either gain larger and larger audiences each year, and with it, Randy has seen the best and the worst in the industry. Let's jump in and see what we can learn from this entertainment giant. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Masters and Founders, brought to you by Founding Austin. We are here at the Russell Collection Fine Art Gallery, and before we get started, I want to give thanks to all of our sponsors, Waterloo, Sparkling Water, Kind Bar, Tiny House Coffee, and Still Austin Whiskey. Thank you for the whiskey, guys. Really appreciate it. Cheers. Um, today, we have Randy Cohen of Ticket City. Uh, he's an entrepreneur, author of three, three books, and we're going to get right into it with him. Um, very excited for this interview. Randy, how are you today, sir? I am so excited to be in the loop of love with you fellas doing a podcast during South by Southwest. I'm talking stand back non-believers. I love it. It doesn't get any better than that. Loop of love. That's what I'm talking about, man. So I, I throw people right into the ringer. Why don't you tell us about your story? What, what's been driving you to be an entrepreneur and author? You do all these crazy things, Ticket City. Let's hear it all, man. The nitty gritty, too. Yeah, well, you know what? I, I landed here in Austin, Texas around 1982. And uh, a lot's changed since then. And we're just an amazing city, one of the top cities to, to be in in our country right now. And I basically went to school at Texas. And during my school years at Texas, I sold some tickets on the side. And then it happened to be one really big game. And the game was the University of Texas, who was number three in the country in basketball at that time, was playing the number one team in the country, the Arkansas Razorbacks. And what year was this? I think it was around 1987. Okay. And it was the days of Stroll and Nolan. And I thought for sure that game would sell out. You know, Irwin Center's pretty big, 18,000 people. And I'm like, this is going to sell out. So I took my life savings of 1200 bucks and I bought $206 seats for the big game. And the game didn't sell out. So I'm going there with my tickets, and I'm like, I can't believe I'm, you know, dumber than a fishing worm here, and I'm going to leave, you know, my life savings, it's gone. But I get to the, the stadium, and all of a sudden, the lady from the box office pulls down the little sign in the window saying, sold out, and there's a big line there. And there I was with 200 tickets, fellas, looking <laughs> strong. And people turned around, and there I was. I sold all my $6 seats for $15 a piece. And that's about $9 ticket profit. So for all you bean counters, I made a quick $1,800. And I'm thinking, stand back, non-believers. This is way better than waiting tables and, and bartending. I kind of like this arbitrage thing. And that's where Ticket City kind of was born. And slowly but surely, uh, 30 years later, we're still grinding it out, saving the world one ticket at a time and making some dreams come true. You know, I wanted to ask this but I didn't want to do it before we got on air. How big is Ticket City? Well, great question. And, you know, it's probably the entire space 
in the secondary market of tickets is probably about $7 billion right now. Yeah. Ticket City does around $150 million in sales annually, which is a lot smaller than some of the big boys like uh, StubHub that does $4 billion in revenues. The cool thing is, is we've done it with no money. The old organic growth, you know, buy bucks. some lemonade, <laughs> you know, buy some lemons and some sugar and some cups, sell that, buy some more. You know, the thing that separates Ticket City is we actually, one of our divisions owns inventory, and we actually are grandfathered in on a lot of the inventory for from the NFL teams, from the college football teams, you know, from Masters and from all the different events that we do around the world. That's great. Really, really cool. So I want to hear uh, any favorite mistakes along the way. Obviously, it's not just all, you know, Roses and puppies, you know, you, there's, there's certain things that come along the way that's, that, that you, you've got to overcome. No, it's, it's that old thing, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, and you're right. It's not uh, butterflies and rainbows. There you go. But you learn so much. And, I, you know, I'll share with you one of the toughest uh, events in our lives over at Ticket City. I'll, I'll remember, I think it was a few years ago during the Super Bowl in Phoenix, and the tickets actually blew up in price to about... $10,000 per ticket. And we have people that sell tickets on our site. We don't own everything. Mm -hmm. And so different brokers that were putting tickets on our site that sold them for two and $3,000, now we're not delivering the tickets to us that they sold on the site. So here we are um, with customers waiting to pick up their tickets and tickets were not there. So now we have choices. You have an angry mob of people. You know, you can run and figure it out later or you meet things head on. And you don't stay in business for 30 years by doing the wrong thing. You're right. trying to take care of everybody as best you can. So what we ended up doing is we just set a, a straight policy that says anybody that ordered tickets, you're going to get your money back plus an additional $2,000 per ticket. We threw a big party for everybody so they didn't get to miss the game. Um, and, you know, it's better than, you know, running for cover. And it was tough because, you know, you have every story in the book, someone's, proposing to somebody somebody is you know needing tickets for whatever reason they're taking out clients and when you don't take care of your customers you feel horrible right but you grow from those things and you do the right thing long after the feeling of doing it leaves you right and that's so so important i think that 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 lost customer service yeah. uh, is lost in a lot of major companies now i mean you're dealing with some issues that we won't talk about the company but major brands right that just customer service goes out the window. And it is that customer that makes your business. So being able to be there and think about, what if I was the audience and this was happening to me, how yeah. would I want to be treated? And it does save the customer. When you do that, it totally turns a relationship that's sour into they respect uh, the you know what you've done for them. Well, it could ruin the word of mouth completely. Yeah. And so. that's bad news. Well, I'll give you an example. You know, one of the, the kids, I call him a kid, one of the clients that was going to the Super Bowl had one ticket, and, and we didn't give him the ticket that we said. We said we were going to give him something on the five-yard line. He ended up getting the corner. And he didn't get it to the last second. And so he wrote a Yelp saying, you know, give these guys three stars. You know, they still came through on the ticket when all heck was breaking loose in Phoenix. But... You know, I was disappointed. I, I read the, you know, what he said on his, uh, on his little Yelp uh, deal, and I, I called him up, and I said, you know what, Bo, 
we didn't take care of you the, well, the way we should. I want you to see what Ticket City is really about. Will you come on out to Austin? I know you like to travel to all these events throughout the country. Will you come on out to Austin? I want to take you to a game. And he goes, you don't have to do that. I said, no, but I want to do that. So he came out to Austin. He stayed at the house. We, we first stood in line over at Franklin's Barbecue, hung out for a couple hours, had some barbecue. Then he came to the big Ticket City tailgate party the next day. And we showed him you know, what we're about. And then I took him in my seats and we went to the game. Sat in the front row about the 35-yard line. We had the best time. And you know what? My Yelp rating went back up to five stars, <laughs> baby. You have to do the right thing long after the feeling of doing it leaves you. And that's what it's all about. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, making a difference. Talk about going the extra mile to get that five-star rating. Seriously. I love it. It wasn't really no, about I, the stars. I, yeah, at the no, end of the I day, it was like... You know, just you right want to be thing. true to yourself and yeah, show them sure. who we really are. And, you know, I, I can't do that to everybody. You right. know, when you're selling, you know, hundreds of thousands of tickets, sometimes people get angry just because they're angry. You, yeah. you can't please everybody. No, you can't. I mean, if you're in the restaurant business, how many times do people, you know, snap at the waiter or whatever? They never thank them for some good service. You just, you know, hear all the, the difficult things that don't work well. You hear all the shit. Yeah, so yeah. at the end of the day... You know what? Do the right thing long after the feeling of doing it leaves you, and you're going to come out ahead, way ahead. I, I want to talk about the, the arbitrage portion here and, and how, how intuitive it was for you to old-school hustle. Yeah. Where did that come from? I mean, was it, was it, uh, did it stem from a young age of mowing lawns, or, or what, yeah. where was it? Has I, it been in your blood? You know, I, I really think some people are born with that stuff. And, you know, I sold the lemonade on the corner. I did the lawn mowing, the babysitting, whatever it took. I, I like money. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, if you want to, I remember wanting to get a pair of Adidas match tennis shoes. They were 14 bucks back in the day. Mm -hmm. And I said, Mom, I got to have these. I'll jump higher. I'll run faster. And she's like, yeah, you're getting the two ninety nine fish heads, buddy. Yeah. I worked. I figured it out. And, you know, I made enough money to make that happen because I wanted to. Yeah. And... Most of the time, you're not build, or you don't have that silver spoon in your mouth. So right. you have to go out and hustle and do what your guys are doing today. You're showing up. You're making a difference. You're, you're learning and getting great ideas from individuals that can maybe make a difference in your own lives as well as others around you. Sure. So, so I, I love the fact of uh, making a buck here and there. And yeah. uh, you got to show up to do that. Oh. You, you got to put in your 18-hour days, fellas. You're not yeah. going to do it by... By working from uh, nine to five and expect, well, how come I'm not getting a ton of uh, uh, buckaroos coming my way? Yeah, it's, you, it's tough out there. You can do the nine to five, but if you want to really make it, you got to do the nine to five and then the seven to two. I, I love that. It you, is. It's the truth. You did huh? It's it is what it is. Yeah. We, yeah. we had a really good comment from Will Hurley the other day, and he's like, you know, oh, yeah, people, I love this. People people say, and I'm going to murder this, and I apologize, okay. Will, but essentially, he's like, I am lucky. But I just happen to spread my, my luck over a lot more hours. So I'm doing the 18 hours, and it just you just you come across luck more often because of that. Yeah. So I wouldn't be as lucky if I'm just doing the nine to five. Which... But 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 it's it's you can't just spin your wheels. You sure. have to be doing something authentic right. and and true to yourselves. And and you also want to be an expert in the industry. Like for me, that's why I wrote some of the the, the books. Take it to the limit. How passion and Performance can transform your life and your business into an amazing adventure. Mm -hmm. Secrets of Swagger, how to own your own cool in life and in business, yeah. where you're telling stories, where it's better than any business card because you're an expert 
or a godfather of your industry. And if you're respected and known and the one head above the sea of heads that's standing out, people might buy from you. They trust your opinion, else. right? They trust your opinion. You put in the time to do this stuff. So that, that gets you a, a trusted source of opinion. And that's important right there. That there you alone. Go. You know, I did want to go into the, the writing. Where, where did that stem from? Have you... I mean, was that that's out of the blue from ticket sales? Yeah. To, I mean, that's way out of left field, right? Were you bored or? You, you know, I mean, all of us have a little bit of what I'll call squirrel. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, you, you don't want to do the, the same thing for 30 years. Yeah. You want to mix it up. And, you know, if I can pass some of the knowledge out there, the things I've learned over the years and, and help somebody not make the mistakes that I did, why not give back? Yeah, sure. And it makes me an expert in the industry, and, and it's a legacy. Mm-hmm. And I had fun doing it. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it allows me the opportunity to now do things like these podcasts, to speak all around the country, and to, to show up and uh, do the book of good and help others. I like that. I like that. I want to talk about fear. Um, I find that fear diminishes over time. The more you do, the less fear you have, because you've just kind of seen it before. Did you ever have fear or was it one of those things where it's like, I'm just going to do it and not worry about it? I, I think people would be lying to say they don't have that little swirl in their belly from time to time mm-hmm. because we know what we know. We, we don't know the unknown and you're going to meet that head on and figure it out. And every time you do something, it, you know, the end game might turn out a little different. You might think it's a sure thing to have the Super Bowl in in Houston, Texas, and we're going to sell out all our tickets for more than we bought. But all of a sudden, you get a snowstorm, like in Dallas, or, or you know, something that that happens different and throws you a curveball. Yeah. And you have to adjust, and you don't make money all the time in every deal that you do. I was going to ask about the deals. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, for me, I look at it like, okay, if we can win on seven deals, if we buy seven or ten tickets for, let's say, a hundred bucks a piece. And we're able to sell those for $120 a piece on seven of them. You know, we made some money. We tie on two of them, break it even, then we lose on one. We're still coming out ahead. Okay. And then you have the other parts of the game. You got to keep expenses down. You got to figure out in this day and age how to. We talked about pivoting earlier mm-hmm. before we came online here. And, you know, we have Google. You know, Every, everyone's having to do that. You got Uber coming in. There's so many differences out there. You got to be prepared to pivot and adjust. Sure. And I was going to ask about that. You've been at it since 87, you said? Yeah. How has the whole thing changed? I mean, it's it's now at your fingertips where you were hustling at the Frank Irwin Center, yeah. selling at you. I mean, you know what I mean? And so that evolution of the process has has changed your life, I'm sure, dramatically, right? I mean... It, the the whole process. Now it's a click. Then it was you. And how long did you have to do that? Yeah, no, it was outside. It was uh, phones and faxes before, a lot of shipping. Imagine sending a couple tickets to the Super Bowl to Atlanta and it gets held up and your tickets don't Show make up. it to the customer oh, because that. and that's how it goes because there's a snowstorm or a blizzard through there and it didn't get there. You know, you, you have to deal with those things. Um, today it's... Uh, lot of mobile it's kind of nice you know one click and you have your tickets you don't have to show up in my office i don't have to mail them you save time and we're we're getting a lot of bonus time so uh, it it's actually for the better yeah we're just not afraid to be the fast motorboat at ticket city mm-hmm. and make our adjustments when we see something changing because mm-hmm. 
you know, change is your only constant. Was the success, Randy, something that you saw? I mean, how, was it like a hockey stick where it's like grand, 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 and all of a sudden you see lots of lift, or has it just been, I mean, what does that look like? You know, in the early days, it was, you know, hockey stick growth. The, one of the great things that I did was hire an amazing management team. My management team at Ticket City has been with me for an average of 22 years each person. Wow. So That says a lot about you, though. Yeah, thanks. It, it's If you treat them well, if you're humble and you're kind, and, and at the end of the day, it's empowerment. If you empower your employees to, to not be micromanaged and to do whatever they need to do to get the job done, and you don't control them, that's enjoyable in a job. That's what if, you if, have to do if, now, or else you're done. No. It doesn't matter if... if you're doing work with your people and they're not passionate like you, you're fucked. You, they'll leave you. You want to know why? Because there is uh, progressive places out there that are letting them do that. So what's the alternative, right? 100%. I mean, give people rope, give them feedback, give them assistance to, to be successful. Inspire and them. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's what I do. My title is I'm the chief energizing officer. I'm, I'm not going to get the job done all by myself. There's one of me. No one so does. you better be able to, you know, give the credit and take the blame and let them figure out how to, how to be the best they can be for the good of the whole. And you have their backs no matter what. I mean, yeah. that's what I've learned is, is employees is like, look, you let them run, make a mistake, it's okay, we'll fix it, I got your back. Yeah. And, and, and you inspire them. There you go. There you go. When did it start going off where you're like, shit, this is something so, got a tiger by the tail moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A tiger by the tail moment. We we had really good growth in the beginning, you know, 1990, 95, all the way to 2000. And I'll, I'll never forget, I got the opportunity to buy another company in the year 2000. The company had just went for it, and they ended up going belly up, too much advertising spend. That was in the days of the Yellow Pages. And this company was called SoldOut.com. And they had a number 1-800-SOLD-OUT, which we still use today in our sales department. And... And I decided I need to buy this company. This is going to give us an East Coast presence, and we needed a quick 300000 bucks. And I had gone to the bank uh, a month earlier, and they said, no problem. You're doing great, Randy. Happy to give you the note and a loan. So the big day came. I'm like, Mr. Banker, I need the money today. And the bank goes, Randy, just hit year 2000. All hell's breaking loose. We can't give you the money anymore. And I'm like, you're kidding me. My, you know, heart dropped to the floor with the plans of buying this company. And I said, well, we got to still go for it. So what we did is we maxed out all the credit cards. We got all the money together that we could. And we bought soldout.com. And now what that gave us, that was in around July of 2000. That gave us a big mailing list. It gave us a bunch of phone numbers throughout the country and yellow pages and an East Coast presence. So all of a sudden what happened is the phone started blowing up. It was August and the U.S. Open tennis was on and Agassi was playing in Sampras and we sold so many tickets for that. And that was August. September, October happened and all of a sudden the Yankees ended up playing the Mets. It was a Subway series. So our East phone lines are blowing up. Boom. And that was in, you know, October. Then November, December, January happened and the Giants made it to the freaking Super Bowl. So all of a sudden we had paid back our investment in three months. Wow. Six months wow. by taking a chance, and 300k was a lot of money back then. It's yeah. a lot of money today. Right. Yeah. It was painful, but we showed up and we went for it. 
to any- all of our listeners, and I, I have to say this because this is a sticking point, it's a learning point about what William Hurley said, what we were just talking about, about creating luck. Sometimes you got to go for it and the ca- cards will fall. They'll fall for yeah. you. And, and you did that even though the bank said no, right? They're like, we can't do it. Well, then you said, I'm not going to not do it. I'm going to get everything I can together and I'm going to go for it. You roll the dice, right? But it was a calculation. It was a calculated. Dice, so you're so, absolutely right. They were yeah. weighted dice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah. well, you know, nothing's wrong with getting a Yahtzee every once in a while. <laughs> but you got to take chances in life. Right. If you're going to be the one head above the sea of heads that stand out, take chances. And so you crash and burn. Pick yourself up again. You know, life doesn't, this hockey stick up. You're going to go through ups and downs. Right. And you get stronger and better as you make mistakes and learn. Mm-hmm. The thing about these gambles, though, that you're gambling on you. So you're really betting on you. It's not somebody else. It's you're betting on you. I'm going to do this. And then it's the amount of work that you put into Mm -hmm. it. It's like, okay, I made this. I'm in it now. And we talked to uh, one of our interviews yesterday where he's like, well, give yourself all this money leeway or not because then there's fire in your your ass and you're going to make it happen. So, Yeah, I'm I'm from that old school where we never take any money. (laughs) So it's nice to not have that extra weight on your shoulders when you take a bunch of people's money and you're you're failing you know one of our competitors razor gator just went belly up last week and they've been in this business a long time too Mm -hmm. and they had you know millions and millions of dollars worth of money that's just evaporated from was it vc funded it was vc funded and and come on the ticket business is a sexy business there's a lot of money out there in in companies and you know, we've been fortunate to be able to do it on our own, and that, that says something. Absolutely. I want to talk about, I assume you've seen some pretty good events being in the ticket business that a lot of people probably would never get to see in their lifetime. Masters is one of them. Yeah. Everybody aspires to go to the Masters or Super Bowls, uh, winning games of World Series. I, I do want to know, what was your favorite event that you've ever attended yeah, great question. Recently, you know, I, I got to go to the Houston series. I think it was against the Yankees, and it was that 13-11 game. That oh, was just back game and five. Forth. Yeah, game five. Wicked. Or that might have been the World Series. Yeah. You know, and uh, I went to a few of those games. And being there with my kids and watching that thing unfold was terrific. World Cup soccer is amazing. The energy, the singing, the, the you know, watching the Englishmen piss all over each other. Doesn't get any better than that. <laughs> Um, I've, I've seen a lot of cool stuff. Um, Wimbledon, great event out there watching tennis in England. Um, yeah, Super Bowls, World Series. Probably, I was at the Janet Jackson Super Bowl. And the reason I bring it up, not because I saw the Janet Jackson deal, yeah. but you see things that you're not expecting. And I'll never forget, it was about to be the kickoff of the second half. And this referee walked to the football. And they don't show this on TV. And he's getting down, kind of holding the football. And then the referee stands up and just took his clothes off. <laughs> and he started streaking all around the field. You know, and I'm like, you've got to be kidding. You know, so he's running. you got the cops chasing him down. you got one the, of the new the guys on the back chasing the referee. It was one of these referees that just, you know, kind of tried to sneak into the events. And you saw one of the uh, New it. England guy just elbow him. The guy flies 10 yards in the air. And all of a sudden they're taking him out of there like, uh, you know, like 
two arms and two heads, like the pig being roasted with the apple in the mouth. And I'm like, you know, the crowd's going nuts. Like, come on, go. You want, you want the, the, the bad guy to win once in right, a while. Right, yeah, right, of right. Course. But stuff like that is hilarious. Yeah. That guy knew where he was going. Yeah. That's a sacri- that's a sacrificial thing right there. Yeah. <laughs> you can't you get out of, you can't get out of that stadium. You know. <laughs> There's no way. So so I've been fortunate to go to a lot of really cool, cool stuff. And even right here in Austin, we're getting some good stuff with the the, the golf championships that's coming here in yeah. about a week. I mean Dell match play, right? Dell match play. We're talking about an MLS team possibly coming to Austin. We you know, we've got a heck of a football program once we get the things kicking again. I yeah. mean and uh, that 2005 championship in California with Vince Young, I mean, that was some good energy, too. Oh, yeah. that was incredible I wasn't here yet, but I can imagine. Incredible energy. Let's talk about your books. Yeah, I do uh, want to talk about yeah. those. Let's jump into that. So you started going into the first one. Let's just take it one at a time. Yeah, well, Ticket to the Limit, How Passion and Performance Can Transform Your Life and Your Business into an Amazing Adventure. Um, you have a lot of mentors in your life. And I've been very fortunate to meet mentors like a Richard Branson, um, a Tom McEwen, who, who was the sports editor of the Tampa Bay Tribune. And these guys were and are as authentic as they come. And I was hanging out with Branson, and a couple things that I learned from Richard Branson is, number one, he's extremely competitive. Um, we played uh, a game of chess out there in Africa together. And he took me down in 10 minutes and he did kind of something like this. Can you smell it, Randy? The sweet smell of victory. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he's, he, he's having fun winning and, and doing things like that. But at the same time, what I also realized about someone like Richard Branson, a billionaire is one of the most successful people in the world, he's an amazing listener. He pays attention. And it's hard to do, guys. You know, we've got two ears and one mouth. We should be listening twice as much right. as we're talking, but it doesn't always work that way because we always have something to say, and we're thinking about what we're saying before we're saying it. Right. So I talk about things like that in Ticket to the Limit and uh, compare that to people that were very influential in my life. I did the same thing with Secrets of Swagger. That came out this past May of 2000, I think, 16 or 17. And... I talk about collaboration, charisma, commitment, courage, coolness, competitiveness, character, and creativity. And I talk about people that have swagger in those different dynamics. For instance, creativity. Who is more creative than a guy by the name of Jimmy Fallon? And I ran into Jimmy over in London. All of a sudden, I see him walking in with a really bad mustache to the Wimbledon. And I geeked out. I don't geek out about a lot of things, but I had just started, you know, I just wrote about it in the book, and there he was about two rows in front of me with the creator of uh, Saturday Night Live, uh, Lauren Michaels. I didn't know that was Lauren. And I'm like, Jimmy, I love you. Can I take a selfie? You know, I'm like geeking out, and I take a selfie for me with him two rows in the back, and he's like, you know, telling me, to, you know, I mean, I just got very excited. <laughs> But he's very creative. And you have to have those dynamics if you're going to be in the top of the food chain running a Tonight Show. I talk about, you know, commitment. Ronda Rousey was as committed at the time as anybody. How do you become the best of the best in, you know, MM, you know, doing those fights? I mean, that's just incredible. Mm -hmm. And she stood up top for a long time. I talk about 
people like Lady Gaga. How does she put on a show and put herself out there? That amazing. She shows up and she gets a great staff and they collaborate together and they work together as a team to put out the best show possible. And I mean, her shows are incredible, right? I mean, they're yeah. bar none some of the best. They they compare her shows to Michael Jackson shows. That's she's she's an amazing, you know. That's performance. Show person, yeah. yeah. She puts herself out there. Coolness. Is there anybody cooler than George Clooney? No. You know, I mean, uh, I mean, this guy over here. Yeah. Well, we have Dan. Yeah. We know yeah. that though. Dan, double D over here. Sometimes I get chilly just sitting by. Oh, this. come yeah. on now. <laughs> that's that's probably. I'll bring you a jacket. Start of, that's a cold or a flu, buddy. <laughs> no, so you know, if you can tie your stories to people and give them a focus point where they understand what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. It's pretty cool, yeah. and it's it's making a difference. Story and by writing the book, being a good storyteller, you can give back when you show up at these events and get people excited. Yeah. I, for a second, I want to talk entrepreneurship and, and taking the leap of faith. There are people out there that have the idea of selling tickets right now. I don't know. I don't know if it's too late for that. I've never done it. But what about talk talk to the people out in the audience, whoever's listening about the grind and uh, and to you know how how does this thing start we all know we all own businesses on how to do it i started by knocking on doors but talk about it from your point of view because it takes a lot of balls to go out there and put your life savings on on one product of one game where if it doesn't sell out you're in the hole and and where does that come from you know yeah i've seen it many times where people use their their dollars and their credit cards and then all of a sudden the event doesn't go right and they lose the money that they originally invested. Mm -hmm. But at least they're taking a chance. And people out there right now that you've bought a few tickets on Ticketmaster and you get six tickets for an event that you think is going to sell out, people buying shoe releases from Nike, mm -hmm. trying to get in there, more power to you. You mm -hmm. know, you make a few bucks, you keep on going bigger and bigger and then all of a sudden the demise happens because you try to get too big too fast. It's not a problem normally when you're doing it out of your house and mm -hmm. you don't have the expenses. It's when you start hiring people, getting the place that you now have to rent, investing in Google AdWords. When you're trying to take it up a notch, it gets really tricky. Mm -hmm. It's easy to make a little money when you're trying to invest 10,000 to make 15. Mm -hmm. Try to invest 10 million to make 15 million it's a little bit uh dicey mm -hmm. advice for anybody that's aspiring to because your hustle is it's it's hat salesmanship i mean that's 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 what it is to me yeah there's you know amazon has kicked off what so many entrepreneurs oh and so God. many people selling yeah. uh things all these micro companies you know go for it yeah. i mean i hate when Somebody tells you, you don't want to do this. You don't want to buy a house. It, it's going to be expensive. You're going to have to deal with too many issues. No, if, if something's in your heart, go all in. Why not? Yeah. If you crash and burn, you're going to grow because of it and become a better person. So go big or go home, ladies and gentlemen. You can't, you can't hit a home run if you don't swing. It's at least people out there swinging. And you don't need to hit a home run. That's right. Get, get a bunt single, man. Just don't get thrown get on out. Base. Just I mean, get on base. It does not matter. But swing. Yeah. Yeah, and, swing. And I have lots of friends that started business. Start slow. 
keep on growing. And then once you're, you got it going, you still should work on the side for somebody else and learn on their dime until it's going well for you. I like that concept. Learn on their dime. I don't think we've heard that before, but I haven't heard that. Write and take it to the limit, kids. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Learn on somebody else's no, dime. I like it because yeah. it's a whole different perspective. I mean, most of the time it's like I'm, I'm, I'm working you know, for, it. I'm working for it. I'm working yeah. for someone else. I'm, I'm following somebody. I'm fulfilling somebody else's dreams. But you're like, no, I'm actually learning on your dime. You're gonna make mistakes. I remember working for Wallace Computer Services when I graduated from Texas. You know, being in sales, knocking on doors. The Texas X labels that were on back of people's cars back in the day, it was in a mailer that I did that you pulled it out. There was a little Texas X card. There was a little, you know, label that went on the back of the cars that said Texas X. I sold that stuff. It was cool. And I made mistakes sometimes that cost the company a lot of money because I designed, you know, the, the wrong thing and it didn't print properly on the car, you know, and we had to give a full refund. Yeah. Well, the company picked that up because they invested in me. But that's how you learn. It's okay. Things yeah. happen. Yeah. People have your back. You have to learn. I mean, there's no, there's only a couple people that I know, and I don't even know any of them personally. Mark Zuckerberg is one of them who I feel like didn't learn. He, he just went out there and did it. 99% of people got to learn. And with that, I was, I was just talking to Lauren, work ethic. You got to work harder and shit to get this done. I mean, it, there's no way around it, right? Yeah, it's after 30 years, it gets a little tricky, fellas, yeah. all right? Because I don't want to work 18-hour days, yeah, of right. course. But you have a good staff, and, you know, you have them make a difference, and it's their time to shine. Mm -hmm. But the beginning of anything, don't expect to work eight-hour days. You better be working 24-7, and, and most businesses are like that today. We get so much done mm -hmm. with the iPhone and the iPads and the computers, we can knock stuff out. But that doesn't mean you can stop when you're done. You figure you have to write a blog, get on that social network, be the head of the sea heads that stand out, write something on Facebook, write, write something on Twitter that people can engage with and, and see you out there. Yeah. Because there's a lot of stuff and you need to hopefully have them take notice of what you're doing. Love it. Yeah, Love it. navigating it's hard enough. So you gotta go double hard just to get all your things that need to be done, done. And then the other time is, is uh, I need to get it done. And this is, where the, this is where the eight other hours are, right? I need to get it done. You can kind of just push through that. It's, it's, in, it's, cra it's crazy. And you gotta mix it up. You let do. Me, let me tell you, I mean, everyone's doing the same thing. Are we advertising on Google? Are we advertising on Facebook? Is it on Amazon? You have to think, well, heck, Will it move the needle if I go put stuff in an elevator in New York City? I don't know. Maybe not. But look at those opportunities. How are you going to be different than their competition? Shoebox theory. <laughs> are you going to write a book? You know, not many people do something like yeah. that. We've got to find different ways to dare to be different. Love it. Love it. So how do we uh, find your books? You can get them on Amazon. Um, Amazon.com. It's Ticket to the Limit by Randy Cohen and Secrets of Swagger. And for all you people with kids, that was my fun book, Dee Dee and Daddy's Big Night Out. I am the greatest rapper in the history of kid books. Love it. And the whole thing's a Dr. Seuss rap book. All the characters are bugs. It's called Dee Dee and Daddy's Big Night Out. There's a free app out there with amazing singers that fell in love with the book. But if you really want to learn something, get a few takeaways and 
learn the mistakes that I made so you don't make them, check out Secrets of Swagger. You'll uh, definitely find some good stuff in there. And if you need tickets, TicketCity.com. 1-800-SOLD-OUT. You can still call us or TicketCity.com where you get the best of tickets for the best of times. America. Love it. There we are, guys. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us, and thanks for, for being here, Randy. Dan, great seeing you, Ryan. Great seeing you. Congratulations on the the success here and all these great podcasts. Keep it going. Yeah, thank you very much. Thanks a lot. We'll see you later. Randy knows how to go the extra mile to make his customers happy because that's what makes him happy. If you're going to hustle and stay in business for as long as Randy has, finding ways to make yourself happy in what you do every day is key. Thank you, Randy, for sharing all your fantastic stories of how to make your hustle your happy place. The Masters and Founders team includes me, Dan Dillard, producer Mariah Gossett, and audio engineer Jake Wallace. Shout out to Ryan Francis for co-hosting this episode with me, and thank you to everyone at Founding Austin for your support. This show just continues to grow, and our community is thriving. Make sure you are a member of our Facebook group. The link is in our show notes. Did you share our episode last week? Share an episode on your social media if you can, or drop us a review on iTunes. It all really just helps. Thank you very much for listening. See you next week.